Welcome once again to the Christ Is Podcast. This is episode number two of our indefinite number of episodes. <laughs> we are very excited to see how the Lord will work. And with me once again are my good friends, Josh. You want to say good morning? Hello. And David. Hello. <laughs> we have a little bit different of a camera setup this time. Tried to make it more personalized and individual. But this time we want to focus in on the question of the Trinity or the biblical word, the Godhead. And yes. we begin... Um, with a very pertinent question that was raised during this Christ Is conference. And it was it, very simply, does one plus one plus one equal one? <laughs> right. And we'll answer that briefly in the time coming. But before we do that, um, Josh, do you want to lead us off by reading uh, a little bit from the book of Matthew? Yeah, I obviously the the first question about this concept of the Trinity because this this boils down. This is an important topic. Yes, I've been sir. excited um, to talk about the Trinity. Uh, it's an essential topic. Yes, it it's a central topic, <clears throat> and it's one that it probably causes some of the most hesitation yeah. amongst Muslims and Christians. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. it, it it can be difficult to grasp and. Uh, maybe confusing at times, yeah. uh, and yet I don't think that it necessarily needs to be that that right, way. Exactly. Um, right, right. It it is a very powerful concept, uh, and because what we're talking about with the Trinity is God Himself, yes. God's very nature, mm -hmm. who God is, and how God has revealed Himself to us. Yes, um, this topic flows obviously from our uh, confidence in the Scriptures. We believe mm -hmm. the Scriptures to be authoritative, that we can trust the Scriptures, and that it's this is the main way that God has revealed himself to us. Yep. So when it comes to the question of the Trinity, the first thing that I think we want to ask is, is the Trinity biblical? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> we want to go to the scriptures, and I wanted to uh, lead us off just with what I believe to be the clearest scriptural representation of the Trinity, mm -hmm. um, and at least start here to present the concept uh, the passage that I want to share uh, to start off our conversation today is from Matthew chapter 3, and it's where we see the baptism of Jesus. We're introduced to John the Baptist, and uh, he meets Christ and then baptizes Christ, and it's this moment of Christ being baptized uh, in the water that we read here in Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 13. Uh, says, the Bible says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am Amen. well pleased. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful picture, and yet we have here laid out quite clearly mm -hmm. uh, all three what we would call persons of the Trinity. Yes. We have Jesus in human form being baptized by John. Right. And when he comes out of the water, we have the Spirit descending in the form of a dove, right. some, and, and it's visible at least to uh, John here in this passage, and 
lighting on, on Christ. And then we have the voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. Right. And yeah. so we, we have all three persons present. And so uh, we see clearly, biblically, uh, we have all three represented here at one place at one time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And so, I mean, I love that passage. And you see when John's describing it in the Gospel of John, he's saying, you know, he's getting questioned by these Pharisees and saying, who are you? And then he starts to say over in um, John 1 verse John 1 verse 31, it says, And I knew him not, talking about the Christ, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare records saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and abode upon him. Mm-hmm. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, and upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. So the Father revealed to John through the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, that you're sent and the one that you hear and you see that's going to, the Spirit descending upon, and he spoke as well, this is my beloved Son whom I'm well pleased. So John was confirmed by the Father, seen, sees the Holy Spirit, and of course is baptizing the Son, right. These the persons in the Godhead. And some might say, well, is this three gods? But we know the Bible teaches we serve and there's only one God. Right, mm-hmm. right in, in Deuteronomy Right at the beginning of the Word of God, when Moses is writing to Israel in the second law in Deuteronomy, he says this in verse, chapter 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Paul says in 1 Timothy, when he's writing to Timothy, he says, For there is one God, mm-hmm. you understand, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And of course, in Isaiah 45, Verse 5, I am the Lord, there is none else. There is no God beside me. Right. So the Bible clearly teaches we believe in one God. Absolutely. But at the same time, he is manifesting the three persons in the Godhead right. because he wants this to show us the intimate relationship that they had with each other from before eternity passed, mm-hmm. but yet is being shown to us even now right. through his word, clearly divining, uh, showing us this progressive revelation, revealing himself to us. It's talked about in the Old Testament. Yet at the same time, it's revealed clearly throughout the Bible the work of the Godhead for us. Yeah. And so maybe um, one of the important things to establish is just how, how do we approach this subject. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we, we are all Christians here on this podcast, and so we're approaching it by faith, right? Uh, believing God to be who he claims to be, and we're going to approach it trusting the testimony of the scriptures. Exactly. And yet we also approach it... Um, the same way we would approach God himself, and that is with some reverence and, and yes. with some space for God to be who he is and to reveal himself to us. And, right. and uh, it, it um, <clears throat> is a little tricky at times to have a conversation about the Trinity uh, because, uh, yeah. again, it's something that I, I believe is, is a divine concept. Exactly. And so it's, it's hard for us to fully grasp it at yeah. times. It's a hard thing to... Uh, illustrate the Trinity, yeah. Because any illustration that we have runs short is going to fall short, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so that that's where a lot of people like to point out, well, this this can't possibly be a logical or even a possibility, right? Because uh, it's so hard to describe or explain. Uh, and and yet I I believe that um, if this is the way that God has revealed Him to yes. Himself to us, 
then we have to approach it by faith. Yeah. And uh, as, as you were saying, uh, some of these things are spiritually discerned. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's can we put God in a box anyways? He's the eternal God. Yeah. You know, the infinite God. I mean, if we were to just uh, try to take in all of who he is, it would, we could never do that. Yeah. Right? You know, and um, I was talking to uh, a man that was a Muslim, now he's a follower of Christ. And I asked him, I was like, what was something that caused you to see the, the truth and validity of the scriptures, you know, and, and who Christ is and who God is? And um, a pastor had said to him, hey, you know, this is what, you know, I need to do for you. You know, he said that when Jesus was asking Peter, whom do you say that I am? He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Mm-hmm. And he says, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee, but my father. Right. And I challenge anybody that wants to really grasp this wonderful, vital doctrine of the Godhead, the Trinity from the Bible, pray. Say, God, show me the truth. Reveal to me the truth, because just like Joshua was saying from the scripture, it's spiritually discerned. It's something that this, the living God is going to have to reveal to you. We can teach these doctrines from the Bible. We can talk about it. We can give illustrations. But do you really want to have a personal relationship with God? Pray and say, God, show me the truth of this vital doctrine, because I've done it. I've talked to Muslims, talked to Jehovah's Witnesses, talked to the others about the Trinity, and they it doesn't click sometimes. But I guarantee you, if you really want to know the truth, God will reveal that to you, because you seek him with it in your whole heart, he will reveal himself to you, and this, especially this vital doctrine of the Trinity. Right. Yeah, it's important. So um, I think we've made it clear foundationally and in introduction that we come from a very Christian and biblical point of view. Right. But um, in the Christ Days Conference, we're also seeking to understand and answer the Islamic point of view. Right. And one of the questions that was raised to us during that conference, um, that it, it certainly has a valid um, standing if it sounds like a Christian believes that one plus one plus one equals one. And is it just that Christians ignore basic mathematics? Yeah, that I, don't, we, I don't even like math. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who does? It's, those who do like math, I worry about them a little bit. <laughs> but is it... Is it that the, the, the Christian is just going to say, I, I believe it because God said it, and I don't have to use my brain in interpreting it, right. or is there actual, not just um, sound biblical evidence, but also, does it make sense to a, to a mind, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, That's good. Good even though it's an incredibly difficult question, can we answer one plus one plus one, does it equal one? Is it even the right question to ask? Right. And if so... How do we answer it? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe it to be uh, exactly a fair framing of the entire question of the Trinity. Okay. Um, as I said, like this whole conversation we're going to have in this episode is probably just going to serve as an introduction to the topic of the Trinity. No doubt. Um, but it's a good question to frame it. Do, do Christians believe in three gods or one God? David read to us uh, from Deuteronomy, the Shema, which yes. is a pretty clear statement of the unity of God, yep. um, that we believe God to be one. Mm-hmm. And yet we read from Matthew, and we also see... The concept of the Trinity, we can go to First yeah, John exactly. and uh, read so the First John five seven, very clear statement of Trinity. And like uh, there's there, it, the Bible clearly presents both to us, mm-hmm. and so 
some people see the Trinity as a problem. And yeah, I've read that some that have framed it well. The Trinity is not a problem. It's a solution to a problem. Right. Uh, exactly. it's, it's an That's explanation of this seeming contradiction okay. um, about God. But again, we approach it from the concept that God himself is infinite and incomprehensible completely mm. to us. Absolutely. In that um, I'm, o- I'm okay and, and I'm, I'm all right with having a God who is somewhat above my ability oh, yeah. to, <laughs> to <laughs> totally grasp. Put in a box. Yeah. yeah, we cannot put God in a box. Yeah. Um, even through God's self-revelation, through scriptures, and through Christ, I don't think we can fully understand God's nature. Um, and so this concept of God, the way he's revealed himself to us in scriptures, is something that the church through all ages, especially the early church, right. really had to... <laughs> Uh, come to understand, and there yeah, were debates, right. and there were sources um, that that uh, give us the evidence that this is something that they had to. Uh, they they didn't create the doctrine no, of the Trinity. It's in the Word of God. Uh, they right. just came to understand mm-hmm. the way that God had revealed Himself in the That's Scriptures. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it's not something that some will say. Well, this came up at some council. Hundreds of years later, so Certainly. the word Trinity is not in the Bible, so is it even biblical? But as we see from the very beginning, in Genesis, you know, chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the heaven and the earth. And um, and I love how uh, Josh even brought out 1 John 5, 7, I'm sure we'll read that in a second, but here in Genesis 1, and it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And you see also in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hence saying there's one God, yet manifests in more than one person. Mm -hmm. And I believe the Godhead, the Spirit, and the Father are there as well, communing with the Son. And then later on the passage says um, that Christ had part in you know, the creation. Right. And Hebrews chapter one is saying the same thing. And so we're seeing that um, in Colossians, all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made, you know, and by him all things consist. You know, so right there we see in the Bible that Jesus Christ had part in creation. The Spirit, according to Genesis one, and the Father had part in creation. So from the very beginning of the Word of God, the Trinity is place before us and we have to deal with it mm-hmm. because I believe he does that right at the beginning because it is such an important topic. Agreed. It is such an important doctrine for our salvation, for our sanctification. We'll talk about that later on, but just for this relationship uh, with um, one another, he's a relational God. Right. And we see that if the Godhead had this infinite eternal relationship, mm-hmm. but yet as we read in John 17, he wants us to take part in that. Yeah. And to me, that is absolutely amazing that this almighty great God wants us to have a relationship with him. He's a loving God, right. a relational God, and we see that in the Trinity. And, and I do think there is, um, it, it, just to, to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying, in John, or I'm sorry, in Genesis 1, it's not just evident, but it, it's obvious that God and the Spirit of God are distinct from one another. Right. That God is the one speaking the light into existence, for instance, and the world into existence, mm-hmm. and the Spirit of God, evidently a different individual or a different right. person, to use the, the uh, theological term, is working in a different manner. And then in John 1, the Word is with God, 
and the word is God, yes. but it cannot be both with and God if God and the word are the same thing. In other words, one and one are not one, but one and one are two that equal one. Yeah. And um, I understand what I just well, I, well, I'm going to put it this way. What I just said is bizarre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? However, um, I it, it's... It's one of those things that certainly we take by faith. And I, I had opened my Bible to Isaiah 55, where God says, as the heavens are above the earth, right. so are my thoughts above your thoughts. And it, it, I think if we, we, we start at the correct perspective, right. then the Trinity, by no means is it completely enlightened to us, mm-hmm. but at least there is an understanding, right? Yeah. yeah, and I don't want to make it sound like because I I think the right approach is to start with this idea of the the incomprehensibility of God, the infinity right. of Western God, that, that God is something that's bigger than us, mm-hmm. right? And that we have to approach Him based on the information that He has revealed to us. But it begs the question: Does God want us to know Him? Does he God does. want to be known? Yes. We we have a God who does want to be known, exactly. and He has revealed Himself to us. And the mm-hmm. Trinity, this this form, is the way that He's revealed Himself to us. And so there. There's a balance. It doesn't mean that God is unknowable or God is unapproachable because God wants to be known. And so this concept of the Trinity is a way that God has revealed himself to us. And so it's it's not something that's impossible to grasp or understand. Um, It's something I think God intends us to grasp and to understand and to believe. Yes, Um, that's good. Everything we know about God is revealed to us by God. If God didn't want us to know about him, then we wouldn't. Um, We're we're dependent on his own self-revelation. Um, I have one quote that kind of shares the balance between these ideas of God's the, God's infinity and incomprehensibility, but also His knowability and His His uh, the, the fact that we can approach Him. Right. Um, this is from Charles Ryrie. He said, "To say that God is incomprehensible is to assert that man cannot know everything about Him, mm-hmm. but to say that He is knowable is not to assert that man can know everything about Him." Right. Um, th- this is. Uh, a bit of a balance that right. we can we 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 can know God, mm-hmm. and I think the way that we do know God is ultimately through this concept of the Trinity. This is how exactly. we know and understand right. who God is, and right. so it's an important it's important. This is uh, the way that God has showed Himself to us that we can approach Him, we can know Him right. in His true nature. And to me, that is wonderful because being He is a relational God and wants us to know Him. He wants all to know Him. You know, and so I say to those that are listening and watching even now, he wants a relationship with you. Just like he's a relational God in his character and in his person and in his being, he too wants you to take part in that. Mm-hmm. You know, and if, if he was just, <clears throat> you know, just the, I guess how our Muslim friends say, Tawheed or, or one or Wahid, you know, we, we say that just this concept of the oneness of God, we believe in, of course, the oneness of God. Yeah. But yet he manifests himself in three persons. If he was just this one being that wasn't relational, as we see from the very beginning of scriptures, he could just be a master and say, do this, do that, and be far away. You understand? He could be just one that is just do this, do that, and just, you could be a servant, okay? We we don't claim not to be a servant. I'm a servant of righteousness, according to Romans 6. But I'm also his child. Mm -hmm. And since he had this infinite love, and he's perfect in all of his characteristics, the Godhead shared this unity and love with one another, communion from eternity past. He says, I want you to join in, Ronnie, right. David, Josh, and every single individual. I want you part of this. And so therefore, since he can show this deep love and relationship 
from eternity past, we can see by example, just like you're saying, that we can join into this. Right. We can know him, mm-hmm. not just as master and Lord, which he is, he's worthy of this, but as father. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's a yeah. blessing to me to see that we can have a relationship with God because of the Godhead, the Trinity. We can take part in this relationship with Him. That's, yeah. that's amazing to me. Yeah, the Trinity is a—it's a—it's an invitation. It's an opportunity mm-hmm. to fully know God. Yeah. And the fact that God's revealed Himself in this way is an intentional. It's within His will, but it also was uh, necessary. Yes. For God to reveal Himself this way and to operate mm-hmm. uh, this way uh, for our salvation. Yeah. And uh, we can probably dive deeper into that idea, exactly. um, but to simply state the, the doctrine of the Trinity, we believe that God is a Trinity and a unity, right. and we get the idea not because if, if we were to, as humans, form a doctrine of God, we probably would not write it this way. <laughs> nope. um, we would not, um, but this is the way that God has revealed himself to us. We exactly. asked the question right off the bat, is it biblical? Yes, and exactly. I'm sure we'll have lots more opportunities in the future to look at because there's an abundance of biblical evidence mm-hmm. of God revealing Himself to this way, the Trinity. We could take the time to look at the deity of Christ, the deity of the right. Spirit, and and right. um, I'm sure we will take the time to do that and to answer some of those specific questions. Um, but God has revealed Himself as both three and one. Yes, and so that poses to some this logical contradiction, mm-hmm. and the the question that we posed in the intro of does one plus one plus one equal one? Right. And I, I think asking it in that exact way is not totally fair because we're framing the argument. Right. Um, if we wanted to reframe the math, I could ask you, it, does one times one times one times one equal one? Right. Um, I think so. Give me yeah. a pad and paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. We, we could, but ultimately God is... is Transcendent. He's 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 exactly. above some of these boxes exactly. that we want to try to fit. God is the creator of math of mathematics and logic and order, mm-hmm. and, and all of these things. So, um, is it biblical? Yes. So the next question is it logical? Absolutely. Yes. Um, That's the question to raise. Can God be both three and one? Right. Um, now I approach it by faith, and yeah. I just say yes, Amen. I, I believe it because I believe the scriptures. Exactly. Um, but I also believe that this this isn't um, a belief that that requires us to completely suspend right. all of our belief. We're not right. being illogical. We're not being exactly. um, unreasonable yes. to believe this. And I believe that what some commit in this is is a bit of a category uh, category um, error right. um, in approaching that, in that God has revealed himself to have a plural nature, yeah. but that doesn't make him more than one God. Exactly. Uh, he still has a single nature. And so if, if we look at it in the sense of categories, and, and again, illustrating the Trinity and explaining the Trinity, I, I think all of our explanations and illustrations are going to fall short in some exactly. way. They're all yeah. imperfect because, again, we're trying, as uh, the A.W. Tozer writes, w- w- when we use creature words or human words to describe the divine, yeah. um, they're, they're ultimately going, to fall, going to fall short. Right. Um, but I still think we can we can do our best to, exactly. to understand and wrap our, wrap our minds around it. Again, I think this God intends for us to understand and to know him in this way. Yes. Um, if we were to reframe the question or the category, um, we could look at the idea of a family. Mm, I like that. Um, a family is a single unit right. that is made up of multiple members. Yes. Um, just because I have I have six members in my family, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, we are still one family. Exactly. Um, we we all have 
some distinct identity, yeah. and yet we can operate in unity. Yes. And we can be one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's more how God has revealed himself to us. Yes. Right? God himself uh, is, is made up of these multiple persons, and yet they are one God. Exactly. Um, so that's, that's vital because the Father is not the Son. Yeah. The Son is not the Father. The Spirit is not the Father. The Spirit is not the Son. Although he's, the Holy Spirit reveals each person of the Godhead to us, mm-hmm. you know, it is good to show they are distinct. So the Father didn't die on the cross. Right. You understand? Right. And so modalism and different things like that will try to put this yeah. these things in. So the thing is, um, from the very beginning, you know, we see... I'm not some Hebrew scholar, Elohim. Right. Right. You know, me being, it's like a plural word, yeah. but yet mm-hmm. being manifest as a singular term. Sure. Just like how our family is one, but there's multiple persons within. Yeah. You, when you say the word family, you realize, oh, he's not just talking about himself as one person. Right. Mm-hmm. It's part of a family because family, of course, you say that word, <clears throat> it means more than one person is part of this, mm-hmm. you know, uh, unit. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that's a very good illustration, and um, I like how you brought up First John five seven. I don't know if you got a chance to read that, but to me, it's just a, a wonderful text <clears throat> that shows one God manifesting these three persons. Yeah, I have First John five seven here, and uh, some some would argue the validity of First John five seven, and so they, yeah. they don't want to use it in their arguments for the Trinity. Um, I take a different approach. Exactly. And then I, I believe First John five seven is inspired that it belongs, exactly. and that it's it one of the greatest evidences of this conception. Right. I, I think we lose a lot when we uh, question the authenticity. I think there's good evidence that it, that it is authentic exactly. and that it belongs. And it reads this way: For there are three that bear record in heaven: the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Yes, <laughs> it's, I mean that's just such a concise verse. And then, um, and biblical also, I brought out some Old Testament. But I love this passage in Isaiah 48, verse 16 and 17. If this is a key verse here, it's wonderful to see the Godhead right in the Old Testament. Clearly explained, Come ye near unto me, hear ye this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, there am I. So somebody eternal is now speaking. Right. And so what does he say? And now the Lord God and his Spirit hath sent me. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, <clears throat> which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. Right. So who is our Redeemer? Jesus. Right. You understand? And um, who is the Holy One of Israel? The Lord Jesus. Yeah. He's the one speaking. He's saying, saith the Lord, Jehovah there. Mm-hmm. But then he says, the Lord God and his Spirit hath sent me. Right. And you see over and over again in <clears throat> in First John 4, talks about the Father sending the Son to be propitiation for our sins. Mm-hmm. You understand? And so we see right from the very beginning in the Old Testament, he is steadily revealing himself to Israel there that, yes, you know, I am one God. He says it over and over again in Isaiah. But yet the Eternal One is speaking here, saying he's going to be sent by the Eternal One. Mm-hmm. Eternal One's in a sense, one God, uh, the Spirit and the Father. And we see how... It's the arm of the Lord, mm-hmm. as we talked about in Isaiah 53. Mm-hmm. He's God. Isaiah 6, Jesus is God. And we'll talk about the more specifics about his deity. And But we can't forget that God has always revealed himself in the Old Testament as being one God, mm-hmm. yet manifest in more than one. Yeah. You know, and so uh, 
Yeah. It's wonderful to see this in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I like how he's at work in 1 Peter chapter 1. The Trinity at work here says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. <clears throat> so these verses talk about the work of the Godhead, right. you know, for salvation. I don't even want to jump into his work towards us, right. but even just getting the concept of the Trinity is a biblical, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. You know, you ask that question. And that's why it's not something that just was invented at the Council of Nicaea or some mm -hmm. council over 200, 300 years later, mm -hmm. because this was taught in the scriptures. The disciples knew the Father was about God the Father. Disciples saw, just like you said, at the baptism, John is, and they recorded that in the scriptures, Matthew, Mark, Luke, it's recorded. Yeah. You know, the transfiguration is recorded by the disciples, seeing the Father and the Son as one. Yeah. You know, and so they knew that Jesus was God before Abraham was I am, was recorded by John. Right. That, and it, I love how it says in Matthew 28, um, all powers given me heaven and earth, go ye therefore and teach all nations, yeah. baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, mm -hmm. yeah. teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Yeah. So it's not some foreign concept. It wasn't foreign to the disciples. They recognized Jesus as Lord. They recognized the deity of the Father, and they saw the work of the Holy Spirit. Right? Mm -hmm. And so this is not some recreation. We can't say, well, just because the word Trinity's, the Trinity, word Trinity is not in the Bible, therefore it's not a biblical doctrine. No, <clears throat> it's very biblical. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, we don't need that word. That was just our way of putting it into a term that we could say this is what the Bible teaches. So the word Trinity was used there in these early councils, but at the same time as a concept that was always, or a doctrine that has been, from the very beginning of the scriptures. Right? Yeah, and so I, we, we've established that the Bible clearly teaches that there is only one true God. Mm -hmm. We went to Isaiah, I'm the first and the last, beside me there is no God. Exactly. Uh, Psalm 86, thou art God alone. Mm -hmm. Belief in the Trinity is not polytheism. Exactly. Right? It's not belief in multiple <laughs> gods. Exactly. But, but God has revealed in his nature that he is, uh, that, that he is made up of, of multiple persons is the word that we've right. used and so trinity or tri-unity yeah. is the word that has been used to describe right. this revealed nature of god mm -hmm. yeah. um and and so it's not a contradiction you you mentioned the name of god elohim being that in in the plural right. uh, so we need to almost reframe this idea that that you know we, we can have a trinity existing inside of a unity right. and yet these these three can be one yes sir and That's again right. clearly stated first john 5 7 these three are one. Yes. Um, and so this is the nature of God. This is how he has revealed himself to us. The Trinity is clearly three, but also clearly one. Yes. All three persons are referred to as God. You mentioned the baptismal formula in the Great Commission. Yeah. Uh, places them all on the same. Exactly. We can't deny any one of those right. as, as being God. And so this is where we come to our uh, conception of what we call the Trinity. Yeah. And how we understand God to be. Uh, three in one. And this opens us up to some just very rich, very deep understanding of who God is, yes. how he works, mm -hmm. um, how he has accomplished our salvation. And I'm sure we'll have time to get into those. I mentioned that it's very tricky to illustrate the Trinity. Um, and 
you know, that ultimately I, I don't understand there too, other than, other than the scriptures themselves mm-hmm. and verses like first John five, seven and, and Matthew yeah. um, passages like that are, those are perfect illustrations of, of the Trinity. Um, yes. But I believe that, you know, we, we also can see reflections of this in nature. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like that. Particularly in human nature. Yes. Sure. I, I believe that man <coughs> is a, a trinity, that man has a is a three-part being trinity. because man's yeah. uh, created in the image of God. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was going to bring that out right in the Shema you said. Yeah. How he says, um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And this is what he says to them. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. I noticed there he says you love him with all your being, and he breaks it down in three. You know, and then um, talks about, you know, we're body, soul, and spirit, body, mind, and spirit, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, I think you wanted to elaborate on it. Yeah, Jesus Jesus repeated that command, love the Lord thy God um, with all thy heart, soul, and might. Um, But I I believe that's a reflection of the nature of God, Right. um, that we are also a a three-part being, mm-hmm. and yet nobody would argue that you're three different people or that you have three different personalities. You're, right. We're very unified in one, and yet um, we have, in essence, three parts. Yes. So we can be a bit of a triunity ourselves, right. and 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 that comes from the scriptures reveal that we're created in the image of God, right? Um, and in the likeness of God, mm-hmm. um, and so I believe that to be part of it. One one of the illustrations that I like that I think is one of the better ones. Uh, again, there's some I think maybe bad or, uh, uh, you know, her, insufficient, her insufficient uh, illustrations. And, and um, But one of them, and this is from um, the book The Spirit World by the late Reverend Clarence Larkin, um, is that of the sun. Yeah. The sun being probably the, the greatest, most, the S-U-N sun, right. um, <laughs> being the most powerful object that we come in contact yeah. with. Yeah. I mean, it's the greatest... Thing that exists right. right so maybe it's, it's, it's powerful and mm-hmm. and uh but we ultimately believe that to be created by god mm-hmm. um but just in the concept of it um he says that the sun itself is made up of heat um light and what he says chemical action yes, um yeah. which is Energy. i think we understand that now to be um I, i'm not i'm not combustion not, perhaps yeah I'm well not. um uh, fu- fusion or fission yeah oh, right, the, okay. the actual reaction that takes place in the sun right. i'm not um i'm no <laughs> physicist <laughs> right i'm no physicist mm-hmm. um but that the the sun made up of a threefold matter it manifests itself in a threefold manner mm-hmm. the heat the light and the chemical reaction neither of these uh make up the sun itself neither one of them by themselves is the sun the heat of the sun is not seen but it is felt the light of the sun can be seen and it's the light of the sun that makes the sun visible but there's a chemical action of the sun that can either be seen or felt, but it is the power of the sun that is revealed in a growing plant or on a photographic plate, right. or we would have today a solar panel. Right, <laughs> right. Um, to, to apply the illustration, he goes on to say, let the heat rays of the sun correspond to God the Father. He cannot be seen, but he can be felt, right. for God is love. And love can be felt, but not seen. The light rays of the suns correspond to God the Son. It is the Son of God that makes God visible. Right. Uh, Jesus came to manifest God. Uh, Jesus said of himself, I am the light of the world. Absolutely. Without the Son, we would not know what God is like, for he came to reveal God, so that he could say, he that hath seen me 
hath seen the Father. Yeah. The chemical action, the reaction of the Son, corresponds to God the Holy Spirit. Spirit. It's right. the Holy Spirit that gives new life and new power, forms the image of God on the sensitive plate of the human heart, and neither the heat nor the light nor the chemical action of the Son itself is the Son, but it takes all three to make the Son, and through each has its separate work to perform, so the Father, Son, and the Spirit are not each in himself God, but they in their united capacity are God, each performing his official function in the creation and preservation of the universe. And so I think that's wonderful, and I like how um, we see the, the sun. Like you said, you can see it, you can feel it, and, and of course, by science, study it, knowing it is an object that even in nature um, is manifest the Godhead. You know? Yeah. And I like how it says it here, once again, I guess back to the human perspective of what God's, how he speaks to us as one person, Mm -hmm. but yet in three parts. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so... To be a whole being, he meant he addresses that each part of us. We should love him wholly. Mm-hmm. It should affect our thoughts, our actions, our words, our emotions. Yeah. You know, and just submit, just like how it says in Romans twelve two. I mean twelve is one and two that we would be a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, right. which is our reasonable service. And um, just like you said, there's no, uh, I guess, um, illustration. But it, that fully grasps it. But at the same time, <clears throat> we can see the importance of the Trinity for salvation. Maybe, you know, another part will just hit that, address the part of the Godhead in our reconciliation, our sure. salvation. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so for those here that um, are wondering, well, how, the Trinity's not biblical or you can't really understand it, or uh, I, once again, I, I plead with you to pray about it. And seek the Lord because Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. He is seeking you. He's seeking sinners. He's seeking to save, and he wants you to know him. Um, I know Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but yet Paul prayed that I may know him. Mm -hmm. He wanted an intimate, close knowledge of him. And that's what's wonderful about, once again, we talked about from the beginning, the picture of the Trinity is a personal God. And since he and his being is personal, and their sweet fellowship and communion. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. That word with is this close-knitted communion of fellowship, Indeed. almost closeness that they've had from eternity past. Yeah. You understand? Jesus talks about wonderful. the relationship that he had with the Father before the world was. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, they have this beautiful relationship yeah. within the Godhead, within the Trinity, mm-hmm. and it, it makes a, a personal God, a relational God, yeah. who desires relationship, exactly. who invites us into that relationship mm. and that fellowship. As I said, the, the concept amazing. is so it's such an amazing it kind is. of topic, such a beautiful thing. It's not one that we're afraid of. Exactly. It's not one that we avoid. Right. It, it's, it's an essential thing. And, and I, I hope we've established at least a case that this is clearly a biblical thing and that yeah. that's where we come to it, but that it's not an illogical thing, exactly. that we can logically, with the English language and yeah. in our own conception, use uh, a singular word to represent multiple, yes. a multiplicity. We talked yeah. about the idea of a family. Yeah, I love that. And uh, I've also um, heard the illustration used of the topic of a, of a table. 
uh, we're all sitting at a table. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually sitting at three tables, but they are put together and they are one table. But if we were to go to a restaurant right now, and maybe we will after this podcast, um, <laughs> yeah, <good> idea. <laughs> we would ask for a table for three. Right. And, and, and the waitress might come and say, you know, would you, you know, we order an appetizer for the table. And, right. and it's a singular thing. And yet it, it, there are multiple personalities that. around this table that um, are going to interact. And yet we can be identified as a single entity right sure um i like it it, so and and this is how god represents himself yeah as as a a singular term that has a plurality of persons Mm -hmm. or parts yes um and so this is something that um again is a is a a deep subject anytime i talk about the trinity i feel like we're treading some yeah some deep waters exactly and then just like i think you brought up again and we're still learning and growing yeah but we just simply wanted to share today just an introduction to what the bible teaches yeah that it is biblical we do not apologize in one part for believing in the trinity right we can't we're not backing down from it yeah we're gonna say this is what the bible teaches right and you are so important to god that we he wants to reveal this to you mm-hmm. and we want to simply share it with you and so our muslim friends or uh, jehovah witness friends or whoever um, that doesn't quite grasp it and can't make it their own doctrine, we invite you to say, hey, I at least want to check this out. Will you at least listen to what the Bible teaches and pray right. that God will reveal this truth to you so that you can know you have eternal life? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Bible teaches you know, about the importance of God and salvation. Um, the, I love the communion of the Godhead once again that the father said, this is my beloved son. Right. And he says to the son in Psalm and also in Hebrew, thy throne, O God, yeah. is forever and ever. Mm-hmm. And then the son calls the father God. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And the spirit, Jesus says, I'll send the comforter and he shall speak of me. Mm-hmm. And the spirit reveals the son to us. Right. And so all three persons in the Godhead exalt one another, mm-hmm. yeah. commune with one another, right. and they simply want you to join in to that communion. And I just thank God for the doctrine of the Trinity. It's wonderful. So um, to give the, the listener a little bit of um, an understanding of where we're coming from, um, there are certain questions I want, I want to raise. And to be honest, I didn't need to. And the reason is because in the, just the conversation that was brought up, I can actually just go through the, the questions that I've listed and I can point out where you have answered them, yeah. right? One plus one plus one, does it equal one? No, it equals three. But mm-hmm. does, those, does that three, um, is it unified in one? Yes. Mm-hmm. And even, is that even the right question? And we, yeah. we, we hit that. Is it polytheistic? No. And we, we also looked at how it's biblical, is it something we can only find in the New Testament? No. It's However, very it's very beginning. clear in the New Testament, but doesn't it shed an, an immense amount of light in the Old Testament? At the very beginning, yeah. David mentioned that um, just the first two verses of our Bible introduce us to God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then we can even bring up when, when God says, let us make man, is he just right. using that? That royal we, no, no. no he's, <laughs> he's being literal, right? Exactly. And it, yeah. it does um, create a greater understanding of what the scripture is trying to teach us. And finally, and I think there's much more to be said about this, 
is it logical? Even if we're to um, not suspend disbelief, but to allow ourselves to separate uh, from the biblical for a moment and just consider the logical. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that God can be triune yes. and also unified? Mm -hmm. And I, I think, um, I love the illustrations of the sun and the table, but I, because it is very biblically mentioned that we're created in the image of God and we are a trichotomy. Right. Every individual is more than just a person. We're greater than the sum of our parts, right? Yeah. That we're good. not just blood and bone and muscle and synapses, mm -hmm. that we're a soul, a spirit, and a body. Yeah. Right? That's and good. in the same way, God, um, and I I almost wanted to ask you about modalism because you mentioned it in passing and mm -hmm. that I am never just a soul. I'm never just a spirit. I'm never just a body. I'm all three of those all at the same time. Always, mm -hmm. right? Yes. In the same way, God is never just the Son, never just the Father, never just the Spirit. He's all three of them, always. Yes. Eternal, right? That's good. And while um, it is, you, you, you put it uh, very nice, I, I like the way you put it, Josh, in mm -hmm. that you said, anytime we consider the Trinity, we're, it, it, it almost feels like um, you've heard of spelunking. Yeah. Like cave yeah. diving, right? Yeah, <laughs> Because yeah. we are going into things deeper than we can comprehend, and yeah. we need some sort of light, yeah. right? Yeah. Isn't it appropriate that this book is called a lamp? It's yeah. called a light, For right? Sure. It's good. That we cannot consider God the Father, we cannot consider God in any means outside of his word. Yeah. Exactly. And that yeah. he has revealed himself to this, yeah. or to us through this. Yes. Um, it's wonderful. And I, I love, uh, Brother David, what you have said multiple times. That, um, and James tells us, if any man lacks wisdom, what do we do? We ask God. Ask God. He right. gives us liberally. And if we're seeking him, he'll allow us to find him. Exactly. And if we, if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we'll be filled. Yeah. Yeah. And if we ask, he'll answer. Exactly. Yeah. Right? That's good. So... The, the Trinity, while it's, it's something that I'm not going to claim we have, by any means, exhausted. Yeah. How, what, hilarious. Ridiculous. <laughs> not even close. No. <laughs> but it is not just biblical. It is logical. Yeah. It's yeah. something that, that, in fact, makes the world around us make more sense. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not the question that can't be answered, but rather the answer to so many questions that feel unanswerable. Yeah. Right? Um, and I... I pray, um, if nothing else, that um, the Islamic point of view does not feel that we are uh, on shaky ground, that yeah. we're afraid of this. Not at all. Right. There is nothing um, concerning to the Christian about the Trinity, about the Godhead, yeah. about yeah. the unity of God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, yes. because it simply must be. Yes. Yeah. Um, there is no logic in the Bible apart from it. Right? Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, it's a good thought. Yeah, if I could just say in, in kind of conclusion, and also not in conclusion because this is a conversation yeah. I look forward to continuing. Exactly. Um, this was sparked off a, que a direct question that we had. Mm -hmm. And if from you have questions, right. if something we said didn't make sense, um, it's possible we just didn't say it right. Uh, right. I, I fully am aware of that. Um, if, if something we could clarify or, or something we didn't get to that, that somebody would like to hear, uh, we invite the questions. We invite the conversation. That's that's what we have. Obviously, we're um, <clears throat> just 
discussing this and some of the things that we've learned and things that have been helpful to us in understanding. And uh, if, if you have any questions or you have um, issue with anything that we said, then, right. then we, we welcome the conversation and exactly. uh, we welcome the input and maybe we'll get to respond to some mm. of those questions. Amen. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. And uh, looking forward to talking about this more and just, I guess in something that you had said, you know, it's biblical, it's logical. And if I add one thing, it's personal. Oh, indeed. Yeah. You know, because yeah. this is what makes God personal. Yeah. And so let's rest in the uh, God of heaven that has revealed himself through his word and his through us, to us by his spirit. And um, let's seek to get to know him more and, and talk about this a little bit more. That's, that's a blessing. <clears throat> Yeah, join us in the join us in the conversation. Um, this we're going to keep going. We're going to keep trying to answer questions. Keep trying to dive a little bit deeper yeah. and uh, uh, address maybe some of the very specific points of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. So if, if you've I've been following along with us, I just encourage you to uh, stay with us and engage with us. Yeah. And uh, we we want to make sure that we are answering the questions that people actually have. So we'd love to hear from you. I don't know that there's anything I need to add other than we look forward to hearing your questions, your comments, your disagreements, and to further this conversation. Thank you.